This is the UU Perspective Podcast with your host, Sharon Merrill. This is episode number 20 of the UU Perspective Podcast, where you can hear weekly interviews from Unitarians and Unitarian Universalists that are changing the world through the stand they take on issues facing our world today, and who facilitate making a difference in the communities around them. Whether you're already a member or a seeker exploring the faith, there is something here for everyone. From personal spiritual growth to inspiration that impacts the community, you'll be opened up to the awesome possibilities. So sit back and relax and enjoy the conversations you're about to hear. My guest today is Hal Walker, and he is from Kent, Ohio, and he is the music director at the UU Church of Kent, and he has many experiences with many different instruments, you know, from the traditional guitar, piano, all the way to the Bonacula and the can. And if you notice in the background, the instrument you're hearing, that is how playing the kian, which is a mouth organ from Northeast Thailand. He'll talk more about that and the different instruments he plays and how he's inspired to play and write his music. He's a, also a fluid writer. And you will have heard if you went to General Assembly in Portland, the last song that the choir sang at the closing ceremonies was called Amazing Gratitude, which Hal had written. So enjoy the experiences that he shares with us along with the music he sings and plays. So here we go. And here is Hal. All right, so welcome, Hal Walker, and uh, I've already told everyone a little bit about you, and but I'd like you just to take a minute and let everyone get to know you and your involvement in the UU community. All right. Well, it, about 20 years ago, I was at the local natural food store in Kent, and someone came up to me and said they would... They needed a musician down at the UU Church, and if I'd like to come in for a Sunday to sing some songs. And I showed up one Sunday and sang a few songs, and I never left. That was your introduction to, to Unitarian Universalism, huh? <laughs> that was, yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I mean, I, I, used to take, I used to take yoga classes in the, in the basement of the UU Church, but I had never been to a service, and... Um, yeah, you know, I knew I knew some pe- I knew some of the families that were associated with the church, but I finally showed up and uh, and to, and then twenty years later, I'm I'm the music director and uh, we have a very uh, thriving congregation and a thriving music program with a, an, an adult choir, uh, a bell choir, uh, and a small orchestra, and a youth choir, and it's a very musical congregation, and I'm I'm very grateful to be a part of it. Wow, that's amazing! And back 20 years ago, what was it that drew you to the church? What did you like about it, and what brought you into it? Well, what brought me? I guess the main thing was they hired me that day. They liked the songs that I brought, and they hired me. And I found I like I've always loved the saint the 
uh, sanctuary of the acoustics of the sanctuary at the UU Church of Kent are about the best performing acoustics anywhere you could ask for. And uh, so I, I enjoyed the space to express myself. And I felt like the, the fit was really good in terms of the, my music seemed to fit this congregation perfectly. And I've always been someone who has lots of questions and um, doubts. And, uh, and I've always had a, I've always had an interest in, in religious and spiritual things, but never really had a home. So I signed on as the music director of the UU Church, and it took it took many years for it to become my home. You know, I don't join things easily. I did sign the membership book fairly fairly early, but I, you know, it took a while for me to actually make it my my home, and and I feel like that today. It's it's like a home away from home. So as music director, then you being hired right away, it just kind of developed into and morphed into what it is today. Then. Yep. Yeah, I had never directed a choir. I was mainly a, just a songwriter, a singer, and a songwriter, and a multi instrumentalist. So I have lots of musical ability and musical skills. But uh, but I just just started. You know, I start first. I was just the musician. I, uh, they hired me as the musician, and then eventually I became the music director. And I started a choir about fifteen or eighteen years ago, maybe, and. It started very small, and over the years, my my education in in music direction has, has come pretty much from just doing it. You know, I never, I actually never took a conducting class. So to to this day, I I keep saying I'm going to take a conducting class, but I haven't done it yet. So you you don't have a degree in music or anything, right? No, my degree is from his is from Northwestern University in in history. Okay, but the truth is, I spent most of my time playing ultimate frisbee and uh, learning to play the guitar. So, so guitar is your main instrument, then? Uh, not really. Yeah, guitar is one of my instruments. I play the piano and the guitar, and I'm a singer. And I play many unique instruments from around the world. And fortunately, the the UU Church is the play is the one place where I feel like I can bring all my, you know, all my diverse. My diverse approach to music fits nicely in that in that church. When you're saying diverse, what have you introduced into the church? Well, um, I play some very unique musical instruments, like um, one of my favorite is the melodious can, the the original or a mouth organ from Southeast Asia that sounds it's a very beautiful organ sound and. I have played the bonaculas in church, which is this rhythm instrument from Africa that I, it's two balls tied together with a string that I juggle and create syncopated rhythms. And, and then in terms of my um, songwriting, you know, I have, I have, there's a lot of freedom. I, I've used, I've used the Sunday services as a great sort of uh, assignment for songwriting projects and like if a, if a service is coming up that i need a song for i can uh sit sit down and and write a song specifically for that service and it um but many of my songs i have i have used 
many songs of a very diverse, uh, a lot, lots of different themes. For instance, there was a there was a, a service on gratitude, and I was writing a song about. I was I gave myself and a friend the assignment to write a song about gratitude, and at the time I was not feeling at all grateful, and I was having some very challenging health issues. And we were trying to write this song, but I just was not feeling it. And so I ended up, when I started feeling it was when I wrote a song about resistance to gratitude. And I don't want to be grateful. I just want to, you know, I want to stay in this, in this place of negativity. And I don't, want, I don't want anyone telling me that I have to be grateful. And I ended up writing this really good song about, about resistance to gratitude. And so on this service of, about gratitude i ended up i think it was that i ended up singing this this song that has a lot to do with gratitude but more of resistance to gratitude and my, my sort of uh unwillingness to embrace gratitude what was the name of that one it's called everywhere yeah it's a great song so here's Hal singing everywhere say I admit that I never really tried it. Make a list of all the things you're grateful for People say make a list Write it down and read it over Let the words on the paper keep growing more and more But I don't want to make a list And I don't want to read it over it's a knocking on my door Saying with a clear mind And a courageous heart I could have roses on my window If in no time I could have a brand new start And I'd see those roses everywhere Everywhere I look, everywhere I look, everywhere. People always say, forget about your old complaining. Forget about thinking there's something missing here. People say, give thanks. Put the pen on the lines of the paper. Let the words of the fountain flow like falling tears But I don't want to change I don't want to let go of my story I don't want to lose this familiar fear No, with a clear mind And a courageous heart I could have roses on my window If you know time I could have a brand new start And I'd see those roses Everywhere, everywhere I look Everywhere I look Everywhere I look Everywhere Everywhere I look Everywhere I look Everywhere I look, everywhere I look. 
say I admit that I never really tried it Make a list of all the things you're thankful for People say make a list The beginning of a grateful story Is the opening act of loving more and more But I don't want to write it down I don't know if I'm really quite ready What if I lose to who I am right now I don't want to make a list Cause I don't wanna make one Even though the whole world is telling me how Stand with a clear mind And a courageous heart I could have roses on my window If in no time I could have a brand new start And I'd see those roses everywhere Everywhere I look, everywhere I look, everywhere I look, everywhere, everywhere I look, everywhere I look, everywhere I look, everywhere, Thanks so much, Hal. So, the next instrument. Do you have that mouth organ that you could play? I do, yeah. Play a little ditty on it? Oh, you mean right now? Yeah. This is, uh, it's about, just to describe it to you, it's about a little over three feet tall, and it's long bamboo pipes that are strapped together. And uh, and then halfway through the, the pipes, there's a, a chamber that I blow into and then I'm covering up little holes to make the reed sound. We'll put a picture in the uh, show notes. So go ahead. Sounds like this. Is that coming through okay? Yeah, that's fantastic. That's cool. Thank you. 
Nice. All right. I like that. Oh, my yeah. God. So you get to use a lot of the different instruments in the services and everything. Mm-hmm. And being there for 20 years and really developing the music program, what was probably the, the most difficult project or challenge that you came up against? Probably the most difficult challenge was a personal challenge about I had been it it sort of even though I had had a choir for many years I kind of felt that it was a it kind of had a one man show quality about it like I would sing a couple songs you know I did a lot of solo performances over the years in the church and I would in, invite we'd have duos or trios but I was a bit of a one man show not entirely, but just sort of leaning in that direction. And then about two years ago, I was in an accident, and I, I had a near-death experience. And uh, basically, I was visiting Kauai, Hawaii, the island of Kauai, and four friends and I were walking along the black lava rocks there on a beautiful uh, March morning. And we were overlook we were on this natural bridge of lava overlooking this turbulent pool of water. And the waves would travel down this canal, this wide canal, and then and then crash underneath this bridge and explode into this turbulent pool of water. And I was poised on that bridge with my iPhone with my back to the ocean, and a rogue wave came up and over that bridge and essentially devoured two of us and threw us, threw us into this turbulent pool. And instantaneously, I was underwater, not knowing when my ne- next breath would be, and being tossed about and being sucked out down this canal underneath that bridge out into the ocean. And I finally was able to get air, and when, I, when, I, when there was a calm, I had been pull, pulled out quite into the ocean quite a distance. And it was very turbulent water, and I basically, you know, the whole time my my thinking was just like I'm, you know, this is what happens when you die, and uh, and then facing, I was very weakened and uh, and very beat up, and and a, a long distance from the shore. But fortunately, my friend, two of my friends had not been were still on shore, and they coached me to take off my shoes and my pants to start swimming. And I put my head down and started swimming. And then the next wave pushed me in the right direction. And I found myself grabbing onto these sharp lava rocks for dear life. And my friend had picked up a six-foot pole or walking stick that he was able to reach to me. And after quite a bit of struggle, I was saved. But the guy who had been standing right, just right, you know, inches from me didn't didn't survive the accident. He died in the water. So it was very traumatic, and I came home very ill. And I have a, a history of some chronic illness, and this incident set in, you know, set into motion some some really challenging symptoms. So I was faced with the fact that I couldn't do as much as I had always done. And it was at the Summer Institute that summer, you know, our annual district summer-wide in- summer institute, the OMDSI, that I realized that uh, you know I could no longer do this one-man show, and that I needed to really invite 
invite the congregation to be a part of that. So in that year, I started an orchestra, the Fallatine Folk Orchestra. And on the first rehearsal, we had a about eight top-quality musicians show up ready to play anything I put before them. And that same year, we started a junior choir. And the first rehearsal, it's like this solid, this amazing choir of 10 10 upper elementary and middle school kids showed up. And um, and that same year we started a, a tone chime choir. So it was, it was kind of a, the loss of my, you know, having new limitations and, and, and limited energy that I was able to ask, invite the congregation to take over, you know, to take, take some of the load. And they just came forward with 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 great talent and uh, and great enthusiasm, and it was just the whole music program was transformed due to this this very challenging time that I've been going through. What year was that? This was two thousand thirteen. The accident happened in March of two thousand thirteen, and then it was that summer at that summer institute. It, it occurred to me that we needed to start this orchestra. So I spent that the next year writing arrangements um, for the orchestra and and letting go of some of my basically you know always before the UU church was kind of my side side job while I was planning on becoming a you know a famous folk star and it was this accident that kind of shifted my perspective a little bit and like I just sort of I decided that my you know, my work here in Kent would be, would be the work that I'm, you know, would be my priority. And, and I let go of some of my ideas about, uh, you know, I still have, I still want to get my music out there further, but I'm, I've really, for the last couple of years, I've really been focused on this, on this smaller, uh, smaller life of doing good work in my, in my home. And does that is that feeding you spiritually then? Well, um, I think I mean what's feeding me spirit. I don't know if that's feeding me spiritually, but the whole idea of you know, what I want is is peace of mind. What I want is serenity of mind, and and I, I have a little bit more neutrality about what happens to me. Like I have, I'm not so hungry. I'm not as hungry as I always was, and. Uh, I think I always sort of had this this great hunger, and nothing was ever enough. And more and more, it's um, you know I'm I'm satisfied by smaller smaller things. Now you you write quite a bit of music. I have written quite a bit of music. I haven't been doing too much writing lately, but what usually inspires you when you have a song that you write? What usually inspires me is having a deadline. <laughs> it really is helpful for me to have a deadline. And a, an assignment, a purpose for writing a song. I, it's hard for me just to sit down and say, okay, I'm going to write a song. That's why it's been helpful for me at the UU Church is because, you know, there will be a theme coming up and I need to write a, and we need a song for that theme. And I'll invite a, one of my songwriting friends, co, co-writers over and we'll, we'll sit and come up with an idea and then I'll spend the next week or so, you know, finishing the song and, so it's really helpful for me to have a something to write about. Like I actually have uh, one of the things I do is I go into schools and write school songs, 
You mean and like their theme song? Like their theme song, oh, yeah. okay. And they're always really heartfelt sort of spiritual-based songs that are couched in, you know, school language. And I really have enjoyed that, had a lot of success with that. But it, it's because I have this assignment, I need to do it. And we're, we're actually coming up on a big capital campaign at the UU Church of Kent and we're getting ready to expand, and we need a song for that project. We also are coming up on our 175th, I think it's 175th anniversary of the church, and we need a song for that. So I have a couple songs that need to be written coming up in the next year. So projects drive the songs that you're going to create. <laughs> yeah, it's true. I mean, I've written... I've had I've written lots of different kinds of songs, but more and more I, I really need a I need a reason to, to write it in order because I have so many other distractions and things I need to get done besides hanging around writing a song. <laughs> and do you write both the lyrics and the music to it, right? Yeah, yeah, typically, yeah. Okay. And you know what else helps? It helps me to have a collaborator. Like I I love to um, work with children to sort of feed me ideas. It's a real collaboration. Like they'll feed me ideas and I'll, and then I'll sculpt their ideas. And I, you know, I have a few friends that will come that, that I've worked with and it's really helpful for me to have someone to bounce off of. What was the most interesting idea that you've had to work with? The most interesting idea. Well, the first one that comes to mind is the song I wrote that is the 88 counties of Ohio. I don't know how, yeah, I think that's pretty interesting, um, and it's a great song, and it uh, it basically sings the 88 counties in geographical order. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and the process of it was quite fun in that I was sitting with some friends. I mean, that's not a, I, maybe I should talk about a UU song, but I'll just briefly say I was sitting with some friends, and we were just for fun trying to list as many of the counties in the state of Ohio as we could. And I've spent years traveling around the state of Ohio, and I can only list like two or three. And my grandfather is a tax collect, was a tax collector in Alabama, and he always prided himself in knowing all the counties of Alabama. So I decided I would go home and, uh, and write a song that incorporates the 88 counties of Ohio. And you know, if you could just let me go get a, a little instrument, I'll, I'll sing the first line for okay. you. Okay. All right, one sec. All right. Hey there. So this is a an African instrument called a bonacula. And this is uh I went home and I picked up a map of the state of Ohio. Is that can you hear that rhythm? Yeah. I picked up a state of a map of the state of Ohio and a pair of bonaculas and I looked at the northeast corner and there was Ashtabula County. And I sang right down the eastern side of the state like this. Ashtabula, Trumbull, Mahoney, and Columbiana, Jefferson, Belmont, and Monroe. And I made it all the way down to the southeast corner, so I went back up to the top. Lake Geauga, Summit, Portage, Stark, Tuscarawas, Carroll, Harrison, Guernsey, Noble, and Washington. So I spent the next two weeks writing this this puzzle of a song, and 
it was quite a it was quite a creative exercise and it's it's been it really needs to be in every school in Ohio and I have not made that happen yet but it's uh yeah it should be it's a great song and and it's fun to sing and especially when uh, we had to learn Ohio history in 7th grade it's kind of like uh-huh. oh yeah that would have been helpful <laughs> <laughs> and every four, four they they study Ohio history now in 4th grade and Every fourth grader in Ohio should know that song, so I'm working on that gradually. Cool. <laughs> I like it. But in the UU department, uh, you know, one a couple interesting projects, like I wrote a, a chalice lighting song that I think is a great great one, and, uh, you know, it's just, just four lines of music with hand, with arm motions. And I wrote a song that, uh, you know, when the children exit our you know, we have the time for all ages and then the children go to their RE classes. And I wrote a song for that called go, go on your way in peace. And, uh, it's a good song. And we sing it at the congregation. Our congregation has been singing that now for several years. And so those were two good, uh, creative songwriting exercise activities. And, uh, and then I uh, I wrote another song with my friend Margo called Unitarian Universalist, which is a, a lighthearted song about being a UU. Now, you had just recently at the Portland General Assembly, they sang Amazing Gratitude at the closing ceremony. So, and that was another one. When did you write that one? Well, I wrote that with, again, with my friend Margo, Margo Milsitich. And uh, it was, I don't know, five or six years ago. I can't remember the circumstances behind that, but it's a good song. And I then arranged it for choir. And it's been sung in many congregations around, around, the, uh, around the country. And um, they sang it the other night at the GA closing ceremony. And I listened to it live, and it was they did a good job. I was interested in their interpretation of it, so it's a very syn- highly syncopated syncopated song with the rhythms are a little bit challenging to read and uh I liked the way that they read the rhythm, so yeah, I noticed that too. It was very very syncopated, and I can see that can be a big challenge for a larger choir like that, bringing them together for such a short period of time and and doing that. Yeah, it was a good job of it, though. I enjoyed listening to it. I listened to it live also. Well, I always ask for an inspiring quote, and if you have that, can you read that to us? Yeah, sure. I'll say, uh, don't believe everything you think. <laughs> that's more of a book, that's more of a, a bumper sticker, but... <laughs> that works, though. I like it. <laughs> that's one thing about, about I'm not really... Like the whole idea of believing in things, I, I feel like you know, the one thing I don't believe in is my own thoughts. And uh, you know, I think that in terms of my understanding of God, it's like I know that my thinking is not God. And um, yeah, whatever, everything, everything else outside of you know this kind of, uh, I know that there's a part of me that is God. There's that part of myself that under, that knows love, that part of myself that is that is patience and that is peace, 
but you know so much of my thinking is is distorted and uh and based in fear and based in self so i think that's a good quote you know what i the place that i want to live from is the god place of myself and this place within myself that um that knows how to love and that is peace and is patient and uh and not self-absorbed and and the the place that you know most of my thinking comes from a lot of most of my thinking is sort of based in self and fear and uh i like to have you know, back to the word neutrality I, I like to be kind of neutral about my own thinking and uh and not and not take it too seriously and instead you know what what's important to me is the next right action really it's my my thinking is my thinking and my feelings are my feelings but what's you know my my actions are my life and more and more i'm i'm just interested in living and doing the next right action and uh and not being too distracted by my thinking yeah and one thing about you use i know they think a lot you know <laughs> They think a lot and they talk a lot. I actually come, so one of my earliest, most profound religious experiences was in a Quaker church. And I always sort of ident- have identified with that, that silent worship and, uh, you know, speaking out of the silence when the spirit moves. And But they don't have music at a Quaker worship. So I found myself at a UU church often frustrated by the amount of thinking and talking going on but uh but trying not to you know it's my home these you know this is my this is where i this is where i am and it's where i've been and it's where i'm gonna stay so yeah all right the last question that i ask everybody is how is unitarian universalism as a religious denomination uniquely positioned to serve and impact society you know, all I feel like all I know, all I really know about is my own congregation, mm-hmm. and maybe my my experience at Summer Institute. And I've had some experience. I also am associated with the UU Musicians Network, and I've been to a couple GAs. You know, one thing that I don't know. Well, this this is a challenging one for me because I don't really know how it's uniquely. I think. Uh, it's unique in that there's a lot of freedom, freedom of expression. You know, I, as someone, you know, as someone with, with questions and with some faith and some doubt, I'm, I am free to express. But the question is, if that's really what we need, if what the, what the world needs is more self-expression, like, I feel like that's, that's sort of the easy answer. Easy answer is I, ah, you know, we accept everybody, and I'm a little hesitant to congratulate ourselves for our for our amazing diversity and inclusivity, because I look around and people are pretty much mostly just like me. So uh, our humility, I'd like to say we're a humble people, but I'm. <laughs> But I'm, you know, working on humility myself, and uh, that's the big question. Like, what? 
what do we have to offer? That's my big question. What do we have to, and all I have is the question. I don't really have any answer other than I know my congregation is a, is a very, is a, a wonderful community and, uh, and we have to offer a really warm space with nice acoustics and, um, we kind of offer freedom to explore. Yeah, we offer freedom to explore. That's a good. That's a good one. Yeah, I, I feel freedom to explore, and I, I especially when I'm when I have the courage to to speak my mind or to really say what I what I'm thinking, then you know people res- listen respectfully, and the, there's a conversation. You know, the conversation is can be uh like we had a we had a challenging situation in my choir where I was bringing several songs that that were very god centered songs and a couple almost leaning like christ centered and this was i think it was around christmas and there were several people that really were challenged by this and it was uncomfortable because I was just sort of i was not taking their discomfort into account and so it kind of got it had this weird dynamic going on, and we ended up having a conversation. I I opened it up to the minister, and we had a really wonderful conversation where we invited the whole, basically the whole music program to come and talk about the language of Unitarian Universalism and the language of God, and and you know what what is accept what what is acceptable for me as music director to bring to the and. Like I don't, I don't want to bring something and have to apologize. Something I've written that might be full of faith and have to apologize for it. But we, you know, we we lack a certain amount of shared shared language of the things that are most that are that are most sacred. And I really, I think that's one of our great challenges is to you know to speak from a language that is that really is a language of depth as opposed to making sure that everyone's comfortable. And that's what my tendency is to want to make sure everyone's comfortable. And it's very uncomfortable for me if anyone else is uncomfortable. So I might tend to not say, not speak the language that is most true to me. Yeah. Yeah. What? So how, how did that get resolved in having the music department together or the music uh, participants together and talking about that, did you were you able to go ahead and use that with everyone being comfortable with the wording? Or yeah, we ended well. Nothing was necessarily resolved, but we had a great conversation. Mm-hmm. And I think it, it um, basically, if you know anyone doesn't want to sing something, they're welcome not to sing it. And I, I'm real. I feel like I'm really good at bringing a, a wide diversity of of language into to our music. But we had a good conversation and and it just makes me more aware to it makes me more aware in, in my choosing to make to make sure that I'm, you know, choosing music choosing music from different perspectives. All right, cool. Well, thank you, Hal, for being with us and uh, sharing everything. Uh, very wonderful conversation, and I learned certainly a lot more about you. I know I've always seen you at SI when I've been there, 
and seeing all the great work that you've done with everyone and what you contribute. So thanks so much for being with us. Well, Sharon, thank you. It was a real pleasure. Thanks to Hal for all the music he shared with us and everything you heard, even in the intro, uh, was all of Hal's music. So I appreciate him allowing us to use that. And take a look at the website, uuperspective.com, to take a look at the pictures of the instruments, especially the KN, because that one, even though he described it, uh, way different than what I thought it looked like once I saw the picture. It's a very cool picture. And uh, we now have what we call Speak Pipe. If you haven't heard of that, that's a voicemail you can leave at our website, on the website. And there's a little button off to the right that you will see. If you click on that, you can leave us a little voicemail. You get 90 seconds. And short and sweet. And we'd uh, love to hear about the people that you would like to hear in the future and what your thoughts are. And maybe you'll even be featured at the end of an episode. So again, leave our comments there. All right. Until next time, we shall see you. Bye.